Welcome to the Stop Down Photography Podcast, episode 111. I'm Scott Davenport. In this episode, a chat about those rookie photo mistakes we seem to make time and time again. Thanks for joining. I'm glad to be back with you for another chat about photography, this shared passion of ours. And in today's episode, let's take one more step on our never-ending journey of photography. Whether you are a seasoned photographer or just starting out, there are common mistakes we all make, and we make them over and over again. So today, a lighthearted rundown of several rookie mistakes I've made in very recent history. And yeah, They cost me photos. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with a friend on social media or with your camera club. It's your recommendations that really do get the word out about the podcast. So I have been out with the camera a bit more in recent weeks. I had that trip to Cambria, California I talked about a few weeks back on the previous episode of the podcast. I met with a few photographers locally in San Diego for some lesson, and those were loads of fun. I also squeezed in a couple of shoots just for me. It's been a good few weeks and a welcome shift from some of the desk-bound work of late, you know, the processing and the video course work. Now, maybe I'm rusty, or maybe I was just due to make some mistakes. Either way, I fumbled and tripped up several times in the field, and those stumbles cost me good photos. And these are the kinds of mistakes that when you make them, you, you, you embarrass yourself a little bit. You're like, oh, you know better. Your head dips. You, you shake it in disappointment. And then you address the problem and move on. You know, they're not catastrophic failures. They're rookie mistakes. And I've got four of them to share with you. Again, these are mistakes I've made recently. So I'm leaning into my embarrassment and just sharing them with you. And, and I'll let you keep score for how many of these mistakes you've made. Okay, mistake number one, a failure to focus. And this happened to me in the Cambria area. I'd taken a drive up Route 1, California, to a landmark at La Cruz Rock. And hiked along the cliffs, got down to the beach. The sky was a little cooperative here and there. Have a listen to episode 110 for more about the challenges I had with weather on that trip. Anyway, you know, composed, set focus, got to work, my typical workflow with the camera for my landscape work is you know, I get my composition dialed in, set the camera settings, set focus, and then I turn off autofocus. You know, I use a toggle switch uh, between autofocus and manual focus on the back of my camera. You, know, you might use back button focus or you have an AF, MF switch in your lens. Whatever you're doing to separate firing of the shutter from getting focus. So I got the focus locked in. I had the filters on I need for the particular shot I want, and things are going fine. And as I do things, I refine the composition, I move left, I move right a little bit, that kind of stuff. Capturing good images, the waves are rushing on the shore, they're ebbing out, they're making those patterns I want around pebbles on the beach. And somewhere along the way, as I was refining that composition, I forgot to refocus the camera. And I didn't notice for like a good 10 minutes. So when I'm reviewing the photos where the sky had mildly cooperated, the shots were soft. (laughs) Soft is a gentle term. The shots were blurry, you know, beyond the realm of AI recovery. And what would have been the best overall photos from that outing, 
the right blend of sky, the right wave action in the foreground. They just went straight to the digital dustbin. You know, they were unsalvageable. You know, we have these workflows and rituals out in the field with our cameras for a reason. And sometimes we get a little excited about the shoot and forget to run through the steps. And that cost me. And that's my mistake number one, failure to focus. Mistake number two, I forgot to reorient the polarizer. This happened just a week ago. I'm down at the beach at San Diego, capturing seascapes, you know, rocks, waves, sand, that's my kind of thing. Got the polarizer on the camera? Of course it is. The, the polarizer is almost always on when I'm out in the landscape. And when I'm at the ocean, I use the polarizer to cut glare off of wet rocks and the ocean surface itself. Yeah, the sky gets a bit richer, but that's more of a byproduct. You know, my primary use for the polarizer is controlling glare off things in the foreground. So I dialed in the polarizer, grabbing photos, things are going well. And then something catches my eye a bit down the beach, pivot, change the composition, and start firing again. And a few captures in, I review it, and sure enough, you know, welcome to Glare City. I'd forgotten to reorient the polarizer. Shine off of some of the foreground rocks was unbelievable. Now, thankfully, I caught that early enough to salvage a few more photos before the ocean consumed the subject I was working with though I lost out on the best patterns in the water. The surf just didn't repeat the swirls that it had made when the polarizer wasn't oriented correctly. The composition was good, the motion in the water was good, but the glare just ruined that shot. So rookie mistake number two, forgetting to reorient the polarizer when you change your composition. Mistake number three, and I'm I'm shaking my head looking at this one. I didn't bring a spare battery. Yes, the rookiest of rookie mistakes. So uh, let me explain and maybe I can redeem myself to you. For several years, I've had a single go-to photo bag. A Mindshift Rotation backpack has everything I need in it. And I can access my pure essentials without taking the bag off my back. And that's a critical aspect of my field workflow is to have a ground-free kit because sometimes I'm standing in water and there's no ground to put stuff down on. So for a bunch of years, heading out the door for a shoot was simple as grab the bag and go. Now more recently on some shorter outings I've been doing around San Diego, I've been packing lighter. I have another backpack, a Mindshift Photocross, and it's smaller. It just holds my two primary camera bodies and a few accessories, but I can still sling it around my body and access my gear without putting it on the ground. So it's uh, not as nimble of a workflow as my rotation backpack, but it's workable and it gives me a small bag that I can, I can bring around with me when I might be out and the sole purpose isn't photography. I have other things I have to do and then I know I can work some photography in and I don't have you know, loads and loads and loads of gear in the car. But two bags means moving stuff between the two bags. And that's where I tripped up. I'd been so accustomed to grab the bag, that Mindshift rotation backpack, and head out. When I grabbed my smaller Photocross backpack, I hadn't put any spare batteries in it. And sure enough, one of the camera batteries died in the field 
And that camera had my 16 to 35 lens on it. It just, I had no juice in that body. And thankfully I had a second camera, so I wasn't you know, completely out of luck, but it cost me some of my beloved wide angle shots. And yeah, I had the workaround of moving the one battery I had between the cameras. Luckily, both my camera bodies are the same. They take the same battery. But that was certainly annoying and <laughs> an interruption to the work field. So yeah, big rookie mistake. Number three, no spare batteries. And mistake number four, uh, it's a variation on a theme. This time I, I left the remote trigger at home. And it was the same reason as before. You know, moving stuff between the two bags, I forgot to move the remote trigger. And why is this a problem? You might be thinking, well, you know, you have the timer in the camera, right? You know, you set it for a two second delay. You can fire the camera two seconds later. It'll capture the scene hands free. You know, and that's exactly what I did as a workaround. And for some types of photography, that's fine super long exposures, or a reasonably still landscape, like lakes or mountains, you know, even waterfalls and streams, because what is moving, the water, it moves in a predictable way. Seascapes, though, more challenging with that two-second delay. So if I'm aiming for a half-second exposure and the surf is wrapping around a rock or crashing over a reef, the remote trigger means I can more precisely time when the camera fires. With the two second delay, I'm basically having to anticipate three seconds ahead of what the surf is doing. You know, trigger the timer before the wave gets to where I want and hope it hits the right way just in time for the camera to get to zero on its timer and capture the shot. And let's just say I left that shoot with a lot of throwaway exposures camera fired too early, too late, or you know, the ocean just fizzled out. And that, that happens sometimes, no matter what you're using to trigger your camera. So it was a frustrating shoot. You know, it was frustrating the entire time I'm there because of that rookie mistake for getting my remote trigger at home. And so those are the mistakes that I've made in the past month. I mean, this is recent history, right? Failure to focus forgetting to reorient the polarizer, not having a spare battery with me, and leaving the remote trigger at home. And if there's a silver lining to all of this, I'm always looking for the silver lining. I'm getting better at transferring my gear between my bags. I'm getting that more mental checklist of uh, what stuff I really need to move into that smaller bag. So uh, check your scorecards, see how you did against this, uh, this list of uh, several mistakes I've made in recent history. Uh, hopefully not all of them are on your scorecard. And if anything, maybe this is a, a, a reminder or a refresher on, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm due for one of these mistakes and, and this would help you avoid it for, uh, for at least some time. bit of studio news for you, uh, a reminder about the On One Photographers Conference. This is a Kelby One Live event that's happening July 25th to 26th, 2023, and I am one of a host of instructors teaching courses for this event. You know, two days of On One instruction, everything from landscape, travel, macro, wildlife, portrait, uh, print prep, even more. Uh, I've got two classes, one about black and white, 
editing, another about uh, upscaling photos, uh, taking you know, small images and getting them large enough to make good prints. Uh, the entire schedule is on the Kelby One Live website, what the courses are, who's teaching them, descriptions of the courses. I'll put a link in the show notes. Kelby's still running a pre-registration sale, so 50% off, so $149 US, and you've got two days of on-one courses all on all topics. And uh, if you're an on-one user, I, re I really hope you'll join me, join Scott Kelby, a bunch of other great instructors for this event. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a really good time. And I think they've also got some uh, some kind of like bonus, like Q&A sessions scheduled on. And yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. If you're an on-one user, check this one out. One other reminder is I know it's summer right now, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, it's you know, the middle of summer here, but it's never too early to start to plan your next photo adventure. And I have one workshop that still has space in it coming in November of this year, November 13th through the 16th, Bandon Beach and Beyond. This is a four-day workshop based in Bandon. The iconic Bandon Beach is front and center and as well as a set of other places on the Oregon coast that are, are, are just great. And Banda Beach itself is at our fingertips. And uh, Coos Bay with Shore Acres Park within reach, the, the southern corridor of the 101 freeway in Oregon, full of great locations. Uh, you know, Port Orford, Sisters Rock, Lone Ranch Beach, uh, Brookings. The, the entire stretch of coast has all these little coves and pullouts that are they're just fantastic for uh, landscape, seascape photography. And if you're thinking like, oh, November, Scott, in November in Oregon, really? November is a great time of year on the Oregon coast. It's not crowded. The surf is starting to pick up, so you have the potential for some big waves. Uh, the weather is temperate. It's in the low to mid-50s on average. That's about 10 degrees uh, centigrade for my metric friends. Uh, rains aren't any any really big problem either. They're they're moderate as well. It's no rainier than any other time of year in the Pacific Northwest. And let me tell you a little bit about the the setup for this workshop. We've got a great headquarters. It's right in Bandon, a stone's throw from the bluffs overlooking Bandon Beach. So I'm I'm already looking forward to, you know, depending on what the weather's doing, you know, having breakfast at HQ and then popping down to the beach for a morning shoot or or the reverse if the sunrise looks glorious. And HQ is where we hang out between our shoots. You know, we're processing photos, we're sharing techniques, talking shop, just recharging. It, it's also just a few minutes from the town of Bandon, so you know, plenty of, of meal options in the evenings. Small group of photographers coming with me to Bandon, just six photographers, and that's important to me. So I can give each participant plenty of one-on-one -on -one time, whether that's in the field to improve on camera technique, or in post with tools like Lightroom, On One, Luminar, and so on. If this sounds like your kind of workshop, Bandon Beach and beyond, the cost is $1,595 US. There's a link in the show notes to the workshops page on scottdavenportphoto.com. It has all the details, and that's where you can reserve your spot for Bandon Beach and beyond this November. As I wrap up this episode, thanks again to all of you for listening and those that support the show through shares, whether that's word of mouth online, uh, any reviews online, those are always appreciated. If you want to know more about how you can support this show and my other photography work, there's a support 
my work button on all pages of scottdavenportphoto.com and many of the ways that you can support this podcast is zero cost to you. So you know, check those out. It doesn't cost you a thing. Uh, there's there's uh, you know certain ways that you can still throw a little support toward this podcast and my other photo endeavors. And uh, speaking of my other photo endeavors, I'm going to endeavor to not make these rookie mistakes again for a while at least. I know I'm going to repeat them eventually, but uh, yeah, I, I think my neck got sore this month, shaking my head at myself in disappointment. So uh, I've got uh, I've got a little room to to re-improve there, and I I hope that uh, this uh, this was entertaining for you, and uh, you know you may have nodded along with a couple of those, and uh, maybe you can avoid making some of these mistakes and get more good photos. Well, until next time, my name is Scott Davenport. Have fun. <laughs>